It's the Food Apocalypse Now podcast, a revelation of all things Food Apocalypse Now. I'm Chris Baker from Food Apocalypse Now, foodpocalypsenow.com. Welcoming you back to the show. Of course, uh, for those who don't know, and this is this is kind of one of those rules of radio. I'm a, a radio guy, uh, spent you know, a couple decades plus in the radio industry, and it's always been the rule of thumb that people only listen to the radio for about 15 minutes at a time. And then they're off doing something else. Uh, you know, that's not that's not a hard and fast rule. You got some people that listen all the time. You got on while they work. But usually people only listen for about 15 minutes. And then you get new people tuning in every 15 minutes. And so you got to keep telling people what's going on. You got to tell them who you are. You know, tell them what they're listening to. That sort of thing. So if I sit here and you're a constant listener and you're like, geez, Louise, I am so tired of him explaining what this podcast is all about. I get it. Well, it's not for you. It's for the the people just tuning in. And being that uh, uh, we're, we're a pretty young podcast that, uh, you know, there's not a ton of people listening. Uh, I am appreciative of everyone who has taken even a second to listen to what I've got to say. But I'll be honest, uh, there's there's only a few of you, but we're hoping to grow, hoping to make things bigger, and uh, do want to let everyone know what this podcast is all about. Of course, Food Apocalypse Now started off as my blog, uh, you know, talking about some of the restaurants I go to, some of my food experiences, some of my favorite dishes from some of my favorite restaurants and uh, some new restaurants, that sort of thing. Uh, you know, we started off with that, doing the YouTube series with Snack Attack and uh, working on some other things. I uh, got another podcast, uh, Heather's Pin Wins, that we just debuted here uh, a week ago week or so ago so we're looking for uh big things out of that and of course been doing this uh podcast for for a little while now we're 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 a handful plus episodes in and uh we're kind of talk about uh, you know like i said it's a revelation of all things food apocalypse now if food apocalypse now is a revelation of all things food uh the podcast is a revelation of all things food apocalypse now and as a foodie i i love food but i like other stuff as well and it's a chance for me to be able to to spread my wings to branch out and we're going to talk about about food, uh, usually talk about uh, some some sort of food in the beginnings, and then we talk about uh, something. I try to relate it. Today it's going to be a little more relatable, but uh, but sometimes not so much. And I don't care because it's my podcast, and I can do whatever I want. But just went to see the new movie. Well, I guess it's been out for a little while now, but uh, new to me. I uh, went and saw A Quiet Place too. I loved the original film. I'm a, I'm a big fan of John Krasinski. Of course, uh, I'll make no bones about it. It all dates uh, back to the office. Uh, you know, I was introduced to uh, him as Jim Halpert, like uh, so many here uh, in the United States, and uh, just uh, love him as an actor. Uh, the Jim stuff is great, but the stuff he's done branching out, and uh, he, he's just done a fantastic job. And he's one of those actors slash directors uh, because of a quiet place. He's he's you know he's a renowned director now. Uh, and it's one of those guys that I, I'm always excited to see what he's got going on next. And it just seems like a really good, positive guy. You know, during the whole COVID uh, outbreak and everybody quarantining, he tried to do that uh, good news thing uh, on YouTube and, you know, just kind of do a newscast. Newscast, a newscast. That's that's not going to be on YouTube. Uh, no, <laughs> a newscast uh, where it talks about good things, positive things. The news can be so negative and, and just seems like a really cool guy. And when I found out he was doing a horror flick here uh, a few years back, I, how... How long ago was that? 
uh, that A Quiet Place came out. 2018. Yeah, 2018 A Quiet Place came out. And I was like, well, I got to watch this because, you know, it's, it's Jim from The Office and it's horror, two of my favorite things. So I went and saw it and was just blown away. And the cool thing was, is not only did he star in it, John Krasinski, uh, his wife, Emily Blunt, and of course the other cast members, which we'll get into, but but he directed, he wrote it. It was such a, a, a for me, to see somebody put the, so much of themselves into a, a horror flick, uh, it, it impressed me. And I was like, I've got to see this, got to check it out. And I loved it. Uh, you know what? It's one of those movies that... It's so much more than a horror flick because it's got so much emotion to it. it you know, it's got some jump scares. It's got some scary moments, uh, a scary premise. and uh, But but the family at the heart of it is what just made me fall in love with the movie. And so, so excited to see that they were coming out with a sequel to A Quiet Place. And uh, so I went and saw that this afternoon. And uh, one of the things... Uh, that makes the whole movie experience great is uh, getting snacks at the movie theater. And I don't know about you, but uh, I, I like to have a snack. I usually have most of my snack down before the start of the show because I don't want to sit there crunching on things while I'm, uh, while I'm, you know, while I'm watching a movie. I don't want to disturb anybody else. I don't want to. I don't want to have to focus on anything but uh, the movie. But I like to get uh, snacks while I'm at the movie theater. And ever since I was a little kid. Probably one of my favorite snacks going to the movie theater was Milk Duds. Uh, Probably from an early age, uh, Milk Duds and Junior Mints. Junior Mints, probably early on because, you know, they're chocolate, they're mint, they're soft, they're creamy, they're delicious. Uh, But then I probably moved on to Milk Duds. And Milk Duds, it's always been such a bittersweet relationship with Milk Duds because I'm surprised I didn't lose a tooth on milk duds because they're so hard when you first when you first get them in your mouth and you bite into them uh there there have been times where i thought the tooth was a tooth was going to pop out uh trying to, to get my jaw separated you gotta wait till they warm up and uh then you can enjoy them but uh, i've moved on from there i i don't get candy much at the movie theater anymore that was a that was a that was a kid thing i put my childish ways behind me and i've uh, gravitated to to more adult uh delights in the movie theater. No, I'm not an adult at all. I, uh, of course, popcorn is always a staple. My wife loves movie theater popcorn. Uh, there have been times where she hasn't said let's do this, but she has insinuated that maybe it's a possibility we should and could do this. Just stop at the movie theater and get a tub of popcorn. If it wouldn't be cold by the time we got home, I'm quite certain because we pass our movie theater on the way home from work every day. And if she could guarantee that the popcorn was still going to be, you know, warm right out of the right out of the big glass box uh, by the time we got home, uh, she'd be having me stop to get movie theater popcorn at least twice a week, maybe three, maybe more. But uh, but she loves movie theater popcorn. I love movie theater popcorn, too. But really, my favorite thing, and and this is more of a like in the past five Five years or so, I started getting this when I go to the movie theater. Uh, nachos. Yeah, I, you know, I can do my nachos at home. It, it's not that big a deal, but it's something about going to the movie theater and that, that warm cheese that's been sitting there and just 
getting cooked and gooey and cheesy for God knows how long. But that and and sometimes still, maybe not so stale chips, but uh, but I don't know what it is about uh, nachos from the movie theater. And sometimes I'll, I'll get some jalapenos on it. It depends on how much heartburn I want uh, before the end of the movie. But uh, but just just the cheese and just the nachos. There's something about that that just uh, I I don't know. My taste will probably change here before too long, and I'll be on to something else. Uh, red rope licorice or something like that. Uh, sour babies, sour patch kids, whatever they call them. But uh, but right now, nachos and cheese are are like my go-to. And the one thing I love about our movie theater. And I don't know if you like this as well, but they've got one of those uh, pop machines where you get the the possibilities are endless. No longer are you confined to the strictures of just uh, uh, here's a Coke product. You either get Coke, Diet Coke, uh, whatever, Mr. Pibb, uh, Shasta. You know, you get all these different choices uh, and different flavors. My favorite, I'm a big Mellow Yellow fan. I spent uh, many years down in the South, down around Charlotte, North Carolina, about nine years, uh, nine, ten years down there. And uh, I I acquired a taste for Mellow Yellow Pop. And uh, I've always liked it. But at the movie theater, they've got Mellow Yellow. But then they've got, you can get all sorts of flavors mixed in with your Mellow Yellow. And I, being the peach fiend that I am, uh was overjoyed the first time I found out our movie theaters pop. I would stop after work just to get a peach mellow yellow. Uh, my wife, uh, if she if, if she could get movie theater popcorn after work every day, uh, she'd be on board with it too. Peach mellow yellow movie theater popcorn. Don't even have to see a movie. Just go take that home and and enjoy that. But but like I said. The movie theater popcorn is going to be cold by the time we get home, so she's not going to be on board with that. And I'm not going to get my peach mellow yellow every day. Like, I I would do it. I don't need it. I don't need pop every day. I try not to drink a, a whole lot of pop or soda, if you will, because, you know, it's 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 not good for you. Even the diet stuff. I, I try not to do that. But, oh, my God. Good God almighty. Peach mellow yellow just... It doesn't get much better, and that's one of the things. When I go to the movie theater, I'm a, I'm like a kid in a candy store, quite quite literally, so to speak, with uh, with all the sugar in that pop. But uh, give me some uh, nachos and cheese, and a peach mellow yellow, and a great horror flick from a, an actor slash director that I uh, that I thoroughly enjoy, and that's the makings for a good Saturday afternoon. And that's what I did this afternoon. Went to see a Quiet Place too, and if you've never seen uh, a Quiet Place one. Go check it out. Great film. Uh, one of the things I loved about this movie is that it wasn't, you know, you go to sequels and a lot of times it's just this first movie rehashed. And they didn't do, I mean, granted, there are a lot of the similar themes. And, you know, you've got a, a, a world where these creatures are there and killing people and they do it by sound and everybody's got to be quiet. Yeah, that's going to be the same. You can't help that. That's the that's the scenario they're in. But, uh, you know, this is a, a movie where it's just so much different. Uh, it just it 
paces differently in some aspects. It uh, hits different beats, hits different notes. It's not the same movie over again, which is what I hate when I see a lot of sequels. But this, the the second movie was just good. And I'm try, I'm gonna try not to get too spoilery. If I if I get into any spoiler territory, I'll try to uh, to, to warn you. But uh, but the cast is so fantastic. Uh, of course, John Krasinski, uh, while he wrote and directed this. Uh, he he makes a return and in a flashback scene. Uh, spoiler alert <laughs> if you haven't seen the first movie. But uh, he he's of course fantastic. His his lovely wife Emily Blunt, uh, lovely wife in real life, uh, comes back as Evelyn Abbott, and then of course uh, Noah and Millicent the Abbott kids. Uh, I tell you what, uh, Millicent Simmons uh, does a spectacular job in both movies. But uh, Noah. Uh, I, I'm gonna butcher his last name. I probably should have looked this up before. But uh, Jupe, Jupe, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, I'm sorry. He's probably not ever gonna listen to this podcast. But uh, God willing, maybe one day. And I'm sorry, Noah. I I said your name wrong. Like I said, probably should have done some research before this. But he really kind of comes into his own. You know, he did a great job in the first one, but kind of comes into his own. Just some of the some of the acting he had to do. In this movie was just I, I could feel it. It was there are some scenes where he is in some pain that I I can feel that pain. He did such a fantastic job, and and of course Millicent just you know for as good as she was in the first one, uh, she just took it up a notch in, in the second one. And of course there's a newcomer to the cast, Killian Murphy, which I, you know he's one of those actors. That you see him from time to time in things. Like he showed up in the the Christopher Nolan Batman series. Uh, he was in that 28 Days Later. I never got to watch. I'm not big into the rage zombie movies. I like I like more slow plotting uh, Night of the Living Dead type zombies. But but it's a movie that I've always wanted to watch. But he's in that. Uh, he's in, in that Peaky Blinders uh, TV series. And he's one of those actors where I don't think of him right off the bat as as like one of my favorite actors. But he's one of those actors, when he shows up in a movie, uh, and I'm like, oh, that's him. And and I always like it. He always does such a great job. And uh, I, I was, you know, it was one of those things where I didn't recognize him at first. And I didn't know he was in this movie. Uh, he's got a beard in, in the movie for the most part. By the time I, I think, because he's got very distinct eyes, I think. And uh, I, I'm seeing these eyes. I'm like, is that... Is that who I think it is? And then, of course, it, it, there's a better reveal of the character later. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Killian Murphy. And so uh, he he's added to the cast this year. Does a does a phenomenal job. Just uh, the work he did with uh, Millicent Simmons. Uh, the, those two, uh, it was kind of like uh, Millicent and John Krasinski in the first one. Uh, just had a great chemistry. And I thought they had a, a really good chemistry in this one. Not necessarily the father-daughter bond uh, that they could play off with with John Krasinski and Millicent Simmons, but uh, but a very similar connection, uh, a, a forming bond. I think that just it, it played really well on the screen, and there's some twists and turns in this that uh, just I, I found fascinating 
and really loved where this is going. Uh, word on the street is they're going to make a third one, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, there's also word on the street that they might do a spinoff, because I think this is the, the world that John Krasinski has created for this, I think is perfect for a spinoff, whether it's a, another movie or, or like a TV series, kind of a Walking Dead style TV series, post-apocalypse sort of thing. I think this world is ripe for the picking when it comes to uh, you know the possibilities that could be out there for for this type of world uh, that we could see not just the the Abbott family that we get in uh, a quiet place and, and the sequel but uh, you could see how other people you know all over the world how their experience was and I think that's one of the beauties of The Walking Dead the world that's created that you can you can have that main show but then you can have these other spinoff shows and I think that's the kind of world that John Krasinski has created so uh, tip the hat to him because I think it's just a, a fascinating world. It's a fascinating, these creatures are so fascinating to sit there and ha- why are they there? How did, you know, we kind of see how they got there, so to speak. I think, I think that's how they got there. I, I don't know. They didn't really dive into it too. That's, that's the one of the things I like about uh, the first one is that you never get the why. It's a very Stephen King thing to do. Uh, Stephen King is the master at, plucking you down into the middle of something or putting you right up to where something's about to begin. And then once it begins, you never really find out why it happened or the reasoning for it happened. All you know is that something happened and here are these characters and they're right in the thick of it. And John Krasinski did a, a great job in, in creating that sort of scenario. So it just leaves the, the viewer so with so many questions. Uh, and, and not in a bad way, but, you know, you you want to find out more. And I think, you know, as as the first movie progressed, some things got answered, but still had some questions. Uh, the second one, A Quiet Place 2, uh, some questions got answered because they, they the first scene of the movie, uh, they're taking you back to when this all went down. And you kind of see things, but you're still not getting all the answers. And I, I think it leaves a, a great place for A Quiet Place 3 for for some more things to be answered is it going to be uh, a trilogy and we're going to wrap it all up with a nice neat bow i don't know um if they did that that's great if they left it open for for more movies i think that'd be great too because this is this is a story and these are characters that i i want to keep watching uh and there again uh tying this back to stephen king uh that's one of the things i love about king is that he creates characters that you can relate to and that you can empathize with and even more so empathize with uh you can you know you care about them you you know they're they're good people and you you begin to care about these characters and their relationships with one another and king is probably the master at doing that and i and you know i'm not trying to be the uh the stephen king john krasinski butt kisser club president uh founder but uh, but John Krasinski did a, a fantastic job of doing that sort of thing with these characters. You know, when when the movie starts uh, for A Quiet Place, the the first one, uh, you don't really get to you don't really get immersed in these characters right away uh, because they're not even speaking. You're just seeing what's going on, but you, just the way they interact with each other and and how he wrote that, uh, it, it just. It speaks volumes without even speaking a word. And you begin to care about that. You get to see the the relationship between all these characters and the love between all these characters. And and that draws people in. 
love always draws you in. You know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. Uh, love always brings you in because everybody wants that. Everybody, everybody appreciates that. You know, you, you see two people in love and it just makes you feel like, hey, you know what? There's some hope in the world. And I think that's the kind of writing and the kind of characters that John Krasinski built with this with this family, with Lee Abbott and uh, and Evelyn Abbott and and Marcus and and Reagan and this family unit that uh, at, at some points it, it feels like Lee Abbott in, in the first one is the strong character. He's the one holding them all together. He's the one protector. And, and but you know you get to see the other uh, character's strength, and it's not just him. It is the family unit that uh, that is. Uh, drawing strength from one another in in this first movie and in the second movie you kind of you get the sense that because it picks up you know it has that flashback scene in the beginning but then it picks up right where part one left off and and you get to see these characters getting stronger and that it wasn't just him he wasn't just the strong one. You start to see these other characters uh, get stronger. And then you see, you know, uh, with Noah's character, Marcus, uh, kind of get to see him fall back in, into a place that where he's not as strong uh, like he was in the first movie. He's the younger uh, sibling, at least now. Again, I don't want to get into too much spoilers. But, but at any rate, he... Uh, uh, you get to see his character develop and become stronger, and uh, and Millicent Simmons' character Reagan Abbott, uh, you know, you get to see her become an even stronger character. And and there's a great line in the movie, and this this may be a bit of a spoiler. Uh, I, I don't think it is, but there's a, a line in the movie where she's talking to uh, Killian Murphy's character Emmett, and she's like, "You're you're nothing like my dad." And then later in the movie, some things happen. They experience some stuff together, and he's talking to her, and he says that uh, she was right. He is nothing like her dad. And then he turns to him and says, uh, you are. And, and just the way that hit her and the way she played that was just, uh, to me, so so heartwarming and heart-wrenching at the same time given the given her and john krasinski's character lee ebbett's uh, relationship in the first movie uh and what happened at the end of that and where they're at in the part two uh just uh it plays on a lot of emotion and, and this movie you want to talk about some jump scares <laughs> there's a lot of jump scares in this some doesn't even have anything to do with the creatures but uh if you want to jump uh, this is a good movie for that. There's so, there's such anticipation. You know, you got these creatures that, uh, you know, they only they hunt by sound, and uh, I love. There's one scene where uh, Millicent's character is uh, in this train car, and you you can see through the length of the train car to the open door on the other end, and her head blocks that door, and then she moves it back. And then there's the creature, uh, kind of blurry in the background. It's just a uh, masterfully filmed uh, sequence, and it's so such it's such a classic horror thing to do. And uh, Krasinski did a, a fantastic job of that. There's just so many great scenes in there. Just you know, you you take away the characters, you take away I think uh, a really good script and a powerful story. And uh, you take away all the special effects and movies at their heart are, are essentially how they're shot. 
which make them, you know, one more special than another. And I think John Krasinski did a, a fantastic job, uh, a special job in, in directing both of these films. They just, like I said, some of the shots are fantastic. Classic horror. There were some innovative shots. It just, and the soundscape that they create is just, uh, just fantastic. Perfect for this movie. Uh, how they jump back and forth between uh, Reagan abbott's point of view uh who is who is deaf for if you haven't watched the first one and you don't know uh uh, she's a deaf uh, actress and uh plays a deaf character and you jump back from the uh, muffled perspective that she has or, or or you know where you can barely hear anything uh to the perspective of uh uh, another character or whoever is listening in the outside world the the jumping back and forth between the two of those the uh there's not a ton of music in this but but what they do use it just plays very well that that little uh, bit of music that they do with like the the broken almost sounds like a broken piano broken toy piano something like that just adds a uh, an air of eeriness but in some regards it's a uh, a subtle uh, you know, taking it back to a simpler uh, time. You know, you, you want to go back to a simpler time. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, but it is. It just it's done so well. Really, is a, a solid movie. Uh, and, and I say solid. Uh, that's underplaying it because I'm I'm a huge fan of both of these films. I love the first one so much. It's one of those ones where I couldn't wait to get the Blu-ray and uh, and watch it again. And I was afraid, you know, okay, you know, they caught some lightning in a bottle. The magic was there for the first one and the second one. Eh, maybe it'll, it'll tail off a little bit. You know, sometimes you get that with sequels to, to really good movies. But I don't think it did at all with this. I think John Krasinski kept the foot on the throttle and kept, you know, full speed ahead and did a spectacular job. One, recreating everything I loved about the first movie, the heart, uh, the characters. You know, it's a very character-driven story. Uh, and it, it has a lot of heart and it has a lot of emotion. And uh, he, you know, doubled down on that in spades with, with this new movie and then kept the elements of sci-fi, of horror, which uh, to me, I love those types of movies, but it's just a, it's just a, you know, lame slasher flick if there's no heart and there's no character development. And that's what he's taken is a, a great monster movie and, and made it into, yeah, I hate the, I hate the term, uh, I don't know, higher level horror or upper echelon horror you know there are some horror movies that kind of get treated better just because you know whatever but uh but he's up the the horror game i think and I, i'm i'm excited i i gotta say he's probably not going to be what you would call a horror director like some directors are i'd like to see him do all sorts of different things but i'd like to see him continue this uh, movie franchise and i would like to see him uh, continue in, in the horror genre uh maybe it won't be his bread and butter his go-to genre but uh, i would like to see him do some more things in this genre because i think he does a spectacular job like i said of character development and uh, story development world creating and it does a great job directing I, that's one of the things that like i said you know i love about king is he he is very character driven very driven to build worlds and i think that's one of the same things i love about john krasinski's work as a a director and a a screenwriter 
and I think he did that uh, in, like I said, in spades with A Quiet Place and uh, here with the sequel, A Quiet Place 2. And I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but if you've seen the movie, maybe you can maybe you can tell me, maybe you can confirm or deny this, but did, did I see a Steve Carell cameo when they get to the island? Because I swear to God, I saw Steve Carell and maybe Kate uh, Flanagan, uh, Meredith from The Office. And Michael Scott, were, did they make cameos, uncredited cameos? Because I swear to God, I saw them. At least Steve Carell. I don't know. But uh, hopefully we can confirm that. I will be buying this on Blu-ray when it comes out. So I'll be, uh, I'll be pausing that scene to see if I can find out. I may just have to go back to the movie theater and watch it again. But, uh, but we'll see. I mean, that may be just a ploy for me to get more Peach Mellow Yellow. But uh, I swear to God, it's because I do want to see the movie over again. And maybe some more nachos. But thanks for listening. Uh, who knows what we're going to talk about next? Uh, I never know. Uh, I try to fly by the seat of my pants. Uh, sometimes it works. Sometimes it is a train wreck that, uh, you know, it, at the very least, it's going to be entertaining to listen to. And if not entertaining, it is going to be worth it to witness the carnage that ensues. But you can check out everything that's going on with Foodpocalypse now on our website, foodpocalypsenow.com. you got the blog, you've got uh, this podcast, you've got the uh, YouTube video, Snack Attack, we're doing some other things. We've got the Heather's Pin Wins podcast. We uh, debuted that here uh, last week and excited for more episodes of that. Uh, and of course, you can go to Facebook, Instagram for Foodpocalypse Now, our YouTube channel, and all that good stuff can be found at all those places, links, and whatnot. Not, but uh, until we talk again, uh, like I said, check out the website, foodpocalypsenow.com. And uh, thanks for listening. Like it, subscribe it, all that cool stuff that uh, only the coolest of cool people do these days on the Information Superhighway. And uh, until we talk again, you've been listening to a revelation of all things Foodpocalypse Now. <laughs>